Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. New Jersey Brant banding program in their hey. second of their fifth year. <laughs> Why don't you want to talk about it? Because they've put 1,700 color markers on Brant so far. 1,700? In addition to all the metal. Are we recording? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is only. Welcome to Waterfall Wednesday. I'm your host, Nick Johnson. And I'm Dale Luganville. Uh, All right. Let's so smoke our smokes. And yeah. Smoke if you got them. Smoke if you got them. And uh, like let's talk about some beards. <sighs> What's new? All right. We got new rules. Or potential new rules. What new rules? Right. There's no new rules. There's new licensing coming out in South Dakota and Nebraska. Well, that's kind of a new rule. That's kind of what I was getting at. I saw it on your snap. You posted it. The three splash rule, the I three think you're splash calling rule. it. Yeah, they're trying to encourage people to uh, not be so scared about shooting the wrong birds. So you can, if you're a new hunter or whatever, you can just buy a license where you can shoot three ducks and that's it. It doesn't matter the sex. It doesn't matter the species. Bang, bang, bang. You get three ducks, you're done. And you can still buy the regular license that you can shoot six with. There's, so there's two tiers of licenses, you know, a tier one, tier two, or whatever, and you can ch choose which one, which I thought might be interesting if you're like a non-resident or something like that, and you're going there to going somewhere to trophy hunt a species you otherwise would not be able to shoot three of, like a pintail. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, uh, we talked, and I don't know, I really would like to talk to somebody like a, an actual, like, Conservation officer, because I'm not sure that the states can supersede the well, they, federal framework. And because I don't know, they set season dates, lengths, limits within a certain based on federal framework, right? So if the season is, well, I mean, like if the season's closed for canvasbacks, which it has been before, would that would South Dakota still be like, no, nah, man, three, you can shoot three cans. Three cans. I mean, like, I don't know that the feds would be for that. I don't know. But, but even but with that said, like, if there's if the limit's only one, even if it's not totally closed, like, still, like, well, so I'm, I'm wondering if it's something like this that, like, you would only 
run into problems if you got checked by a federal game warden? You know, would you because you're only breaking a federal game law, but not a state game? I don't. They know. gotta have some sort of exception, right? Because they also aren't trying to start this in 2020. This is like a 2021 thing they said. So maybe they're working on. Well, uh, it did the one article I pulled up did talk about how they're gonna, you know, kind of look at it and see if it has any effect on, you know, overall species population, which it's not going to because current season structure and limit structures don't have any bearing on uh, overall populations for the most part. I mean, yeah, for the most part. I got in a huge argument with two of the other snow goose hunting guides about what. About shooting hens. Shooting hens? Yeah. I mean, we don't shoot enough ducks to really... I mean, yeah, if you're fucking destroying ducks, but... There's... I tried to find an article supporting their base, which is that, you know, a, a dead hen doesn't lay any eggs, which is true. This is a true statement. But the overall effects of the population of said ducks, it has... They look at hen mortality Negligible. and lots of different factors. You know, these things are getting wiped out by thunderstorms. They're getting wiped out by hawks. They're getting wiped out by foxes. How much damage are humans doing and contribution to that? Some. The great, the greatest, uh, two greatest factors that I came across while reading multiple different articles was that the the only two things that really affect population on on a noticeable scale is weather and food. Definitely, like food availability. If the crops failed, if there's bad crops or whatever, I mean, that's you know. Have you heard about like the mortality of adult snow geese compared to juvenile snow geese? Mm-mm. Like, get that off of like banding data and that sort of thing. I mean, an adult snow goose has like a three. This is like gets a little too sciency for my dumb brain, but what it gets like three percent um, mortality off of getting killed over a decoy spread, getting killed by a hunter, like six percent off of weather. So that does that mean that thunderstorms and bad wind is killing double the amount of adult snow geese that hunters do from the top of the, to the bottom of the flyway and back again. Listen, it must. I, <laughs> have anybody's ever been caught in a hailstorm before? I know I have, whether it's fishing or just out or riding a bike or whatever. That shit hurts. Like, hurt, hurt. Like, there's zero, zero chance of a duck takes... And I think about this when it's hailing really hard. I'm thinking, how many birds are getting killed? Not even just ducks. Oh, and a I'm lot. Like, chickadees. A lot. Cardinals. Uh, robins. Anything that's... I mean, they don't... There's they're, no way for them getting to... getting fucking massacred, dude. There's, <laughs> dude, and, um, there's no way for, where for them to go. And uh, I've seen a Snapchat. God, I can't remember who did this, but it was like... I think during the spring snow goose season, but a miserable thunderstorm came through Arkansas like they like to do in the spring season and uh this guy was just walking through a rice field that had you know like shin deep water in it he has muck boots on and he's just flipping over dead ducks checking them for bands just hundreds of dead ducks across this um across this rice field and I don't think he found one I was like how many bands (laughs) damn it but I'm like what the hell like all of a sudden this guy's just like checking well think of lightning I mean lightning strikes water all the time I mean, you got a raft of coots or something that just happens to be where that you're gonna <laughs> just a thousand coot barbecue <laughs> <Just> instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. So some other new stuff coming out too, like the May breeding bird count that's canceled, and same with um all all goose banding in the in the Arctic that's canceled this year. Coronavirus. Well, yeah. For one, you can't travel. I mean, Canada's still got the border shut down, right? Um, yes, I heard that's uh, opening back up in like uh, 
a month or so is what I heard. I think I Googled that today. But yeah, the um, the crane counting uh, stopping. They're st- not doing the woodcock stuff. They're canceling a lot of stuff. And so what they're doing is going to base our seasons based off of long-term trends this year. And they're hoping it doesn't cause too much of a blip in the radar, I guess. Which I think they've been pretty conservative, you know, over the years. Even when they give us the liberal framework of, you know, six ducks, like, I mean, there's there's been articles written on that too that with the decline of hunting i think you talked about that before with the decline of hunting you know it's like if you were to put on a graph like hunting numbers bird kills it's like you could almost have no limit on ducks and it wouldn't have any well every single time (laughs) that you don't shoot your limit that means you shot as many birds as you possibly could that day right so i mean like yeah exactly and how many times do you not shoot your limit a lot. A lot. So yeah. you kill you went out there and you killed as many birds as possible and that didn't equal what you're allowed anyway. Right. It's not it's like on the service you might think like, Oh, the, the limit is six and there's sixty days. So if you hunted every day you'd kill, you know, six hundred and sixty six no. <laughs> birds, but that's not really how it works. Like you're gonna I have your math a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I knew it, it I knew it was when I was saying it, but I didn't want to yeah, think about it any harder. You can't do those snow goose numbers in my I head. Did. I can do yeah. that though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to stop and think about it. Wait, but there are uh, days you know that we we could smash 500 of these fucking things. 60 times six would so be 360. Is that better? Is that right? Is that right, math? I have no idea to be honest with you. I I'm stupid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 60 times six, yeah, it's just a zero. So six times, no, that's that's not right. Either. But there, there is some uh, there is some it. good shit coming out too this year. Like um, the Trump administration has moved to open up hunting land for the general public and what they're doing is they're opening up as much federal land as they really can so total in total there's been over four million acres it's not completely approved yet all the public comment periods for the 2020 season they're still ongoing right now but um i mean they're gonna do it and last year i think they got 1.7 opened up and this year's 1.4 million so yeah, what that, that's over three million acres that they are this is April of twenty this April twenty sixth, twenty twenty. This article and it says two point three. There's million a list acres. there's a list of every single refuge that is they're there? opening up land. Not only that, but national fish hatcheries are opening up for waterfowl hunting and it's not just waterfowl hunting, it's all kinds of hunting, but it's a state by state list and you can see which uh refuges are, are opening. And it kinda I don't know if this is true or not, but I think you might be seeing some of the best waterfall hunting in the country coming off public land in the next five years. Because, you know, five years from now, it's going to be well known that birds shouldn't go there, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, if you can get on to these yeah, spots, you do, these your, spots. do your homework and you get oh, on yeah. the new, newly opened up spots. Oh, and it's happening all over the Ooh, place. Man, like You want to be there opening weekend because they are... Not or a migration, to, a migration event yeah. where birds are coming into an area where they know, like, this is the refuge, but not in 2020. It ain't motherfuckers. Yeah. So right? you're sitting yeah. there with your decoy spread. That could be pretty dirty. That could be real greasy. And um, almost makes me want to start trying some of these spots out. Like, I haven't done a lot of hunting on uh, on a federal refuge land before in my day, except for where, uh, I started. I started actually at the Lacaparral, where you do the state state drawn blinds. You know, you do not hear much about Lacaparral anymore. That's because birds don't go there as much. The last year that it really got okay, 
was 2011. But they do have a little bright spot there with the mallards really have been increasing yeah. out there. Yeah. And it's not like there's no geese, but they're... Oh, was, sure. Yeah. I was yeah. out there when I was a wee little boy one year. It was 300,000 honkers on that refuge. And me and my dad went out there and drew a straight state blind. It was like five hours of geese coming out to feed. They were coming out to feed for so long that birds were coming back from feeding at the same time. Oh, crazy. So there was kind of just like birds going in, birds going out. It was fucking nuts, dude. I mean, just a spectacle of waterfowl that's that's awesome to see, even if you're sitting in a shit state blind, listening to the guys in the private blinds behind you just waste <laughs> waste ammo because they had that rule there. You could only bring like six rounds of ammo with you to the state blinds. Oh, really? Yeah, to prevent sky busting. Uh, oh. <laughs> but like right behind the state blinds were the private so if you're blinds. Do that. Make sure it's premium shot, like we talked about in an earlier episode of oh, Waterfall. These Wednesday. dudes at the private blinds <laughs> were shooting at birds so high it didn't matter if you had tungsten buckshot. You weren't bringing that things out. You'd need to like anti-aircraft guns. We just <laughs> laugh at these people shooting. But that I think um, that federal refuges opening up could be a real good thing. And gosh, there's even what was it? Utah, I think. Utah just changed some language of their laws where it was like, unless otherwise stated, hunting on state land or state parks, I want to say, is not allowed. So there's some parks that allowed waterfowl hunting. And on stuff state like, parks? Yes. Oh, wow. But now they changed the um, language to say, unless otherwise noted, hunting is allowed. So that unless otherwise, that's like everything. Everything's allowed unless it says unless you it can. says not. And what it did was it opened like up that. like I think there's like 14 or 15 state parks, which are basically just big reservoirs because you're in the desert. Right. And now all of a sudden, bang! Those are all open now. There's a dozen new hotspots that just got created there by the swipe would of a be pen. Something pretty cool about uh, a desert duck hunt. Just because it sounds like an oxymoron. Oh, God, dude. Down south, like, people don't even know. Arizona, people I heard, is a sleeper state. Yeah, that, all of them, man. All the way down to Mexico. All the, and through and if Mexico. think about it, what are their options? That's what but I like about very, going there. Very few bodies of water to choose from. It's not like Minnesota where there's They're, ponds everywhere. It's like yeah. desert and a reservoir. Where do you think the ducks are? <laughs> so if they had an early season in Arizona, early teal season, would that just... They would blow them out of the state, right? I have no idea. I mean, that's what it would happen here, apparently, if we had one. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I'm <laughs> sure, yeah. No, but uh, I'd love to – I really want to get into hunting more of the, the American Southwest, and that's definitely uh, that would be, on my hit list for I'm, sure. I'm game. My girl was even watching uh, some show called Roswell or something. And I was like, I'll go visit there if you want to. Because there's a refuge right outside of it. And they're oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to open up the hunting on it this you year. You go buy some alien stuff. I'll be I'll be. I looked it up real back. quick. I was like, Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> sure enough, National Wildlife Refuge. Sure enough, it's on that list. Nice. But uh, that's coming down the pipeline for this year. So if you are not privy to those details, you might live in an area that's going to be opening and expanding hunting. Like Get, get familiar with it. Maybe be the guy that, that knows about it in your area. So we're going to take a trip to Arizona in January. Well, actually, we were <laughs> – actually, me and Joe were talking about going to Arizona in January anyways. For? Actually, to hunt on a national wildlife oh, really? refuge. Yeah, because there is a – there's a refuge on the Arizona-California border called uh, Cibola, I think. Cibola National Wildlife Refuge. Hmm. I'm probably not even saying that right. But uh, they've got big honkers down there. 
I was going to say there has there has to be Canada geese, so yep. Joe wouldn't be interested. Absolutely, yeah, and they rent out pits around Weirdo. it that you can hunt. And, uh, you know, I'm about over this fucking going to uh, somewhere cold in the winter. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm done taking my vacations in the winter to go to some place where it's winter. But I still want to <laughs> I still want a Canada goose hunt on my vacations. And I'm just, I'm moving more and more towards the uh, southerly direction. How far south can I kill Canada geese? Not how far north. That I don't want to hunt blizzards. I don't want to drive out and knuckle, like white knuckle ice storms to hunt geese. That would be actually interesting. And I'm going to Google that right now just to see. What's the southernmost, how would I word that? That What's, would definitely probably be the, the southernmost that you can get. Southernmost canada goose kill like what, what would I well there's there? a bunch in mexico that i mean is there you just look at the utah band data which they publish on their website and nobody knows about some that somehow you can get the banding location of every single bird they banned in well every waterfall bird they banned in utah is right on their website and the data of where they get killed and there's a bunch of canada geese banded in utah shot down in mexico really in the 80s <laughs> yeah but still they don't go like, that far south anymore for the most part but that's cibola that's a spot i wonder if i'm gonna plus you're close to, to cali which is close to the ocean which is close to the brants uh that doesn't even make it oh i'm getting there's a stupid canada goose jacket I yep, mean, yep, eat a lot of that. Getting all sorts of that. I get stuff a bunch now. of Canada goose jacket news on my Google alerts. Dirty bastards. <laughs> Trying to do have some you, research uh, here. Have you tried this new base maps that's come out? Uh no, I have not. That's the com- Onyx competitor. Yeah? yeah, Onyx, right? So Onyx, hundred bucks a year. Base maps is thirty. Ooh. I was like, what the fuck? What could be? What's garbage about this? So I downloaded. I gave him the thirty bucks. I've been playing around with it for like a week now, and it's pretty damn good. Is it? It is pretty damn good. Right. Um, They highlight land in different ways. Like, it's bordered in, like, blaze orange. You can, like, kind of look at a whole state and see where, like, clusters of public land is. And New refuges? <laughs> yep. No, actually, actually, um, actually, the refuges, Onyx is killing them on that. Um, Onyx kind of highlights the areas you can hunt in uh, refuge territory. They got... It perfectly mapped out. I've seen um, I've seen Onyx be more up to date than the actual websites on the refuges now. Really? Yeah, because they got the border in neon green for the Fish and Wildlife Service land that you can hunt. They call it the FWS hunt hunt map or something. It's just click that hmm. sucker on and dude, it's crazy the the Fish and Wildlife Service um, National Wildlife Refuges that you can hunt. Some of them are just damn near in the city. Bunch of cool spots. But base maps also, it's doing that better. It's not getting the refuges as good. I sent them an email about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, really? Like, just, get on that. I was just bored. I was like, hey, I've had your app a couple days now. Here's what, I, what I've noticed. And I'm like, why are you so much cheaper, you know? But I'm going to keep both because they both have kind of their pros and cons. Distribution of Canada goose, Branta canadensis. Branta canadensis. <laughs> There's a lots of a lot of different Brantas out there. Yeah, that's pretty much all geese species. Isn't black, it? all black, all ones. blacks. So it's gonna cover all your Canadas, all your cac. It's gonna cover um, barnacles or black geese. All right, well, that's getting us into a whole different subject. Hey, it's all on 
It's all on the subject of birds. Kind of does this. I know we're burning up. I mean, we're doing one of these a week, Nick. We gotta face ourselves. We gotta come up with fifty-two of these a year. No, we don't. <laughs> okay, we can skip weeks, can't we? <laughs> I don't know. I have to say, like, I've got a lot of good comments about people are digging the new segment. So, um, oh, um, here's one thing I've been reading about too is I've seen four or five articles now written in newspapers talking about how, um, the stay-at-home orders has created a really good breeding uh success for canada geese that they're relaxed they're chill they're not getting bothered mm. and there is, is literally nothing I scientific at whatsoever this is bored <clears throat> journalists like on their on their <laughs> daily walks you know because they can't go into the office it's some guy who works for like the charlotte south carolina herald or some shit and he needs to put something into his publisher However, Going back to what we talked about, um, like hunter harvest and how it affects overall populations, one of the X factors that they mentioned in these articles I read was like vehicle mortality, which is actually higher than you think it would be. For what? For ducks and geese and all sorts of birds, not For, even just waterfowl. Oh, like birds just everything. getting smashed? Oh, they just get rubbed up by cars all the time on freeways. But seeing as how there's been less traffic for the last, you know, three months, there's been less bird there's kill. There's gonna be less bird kill. I would, I would assume. Well, dude, right now too, I'm also looking in a DU magazine where they got their early spring habitat outlook, and uh, it's looking good, dude. Like across, <laughs> um, across the southern prairies, we got very wet conditions. You get up into. Um, Alberta, Saskatchewan, um, very wet to very wet conditions. <laughs> I mean, there's not much here that's dry. It looks like it's kind of dry through the Central Valley of California, which California, actually, most of the mallards they shoot are um, mallards that are born and raised in California. They kind of got their own squad of mallards out there. They're not kind of like the Easter mallards. Yes, yeah, so... I think they've, like, the banding data, like, 90% of all ducks or all mallards that they've shot in California are born there. I mean, but you're look. I'm looking at right now, like, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Dakotas all the way until from the southern South Dakota to mid-North Dakota, very wet conditions. That stretches through Montana. I mean, dude, this is looking pretty juicy. That's awesome. Well, like we've had, I mean, season structure, we've had liberal framework for quite a while now. But there's still, it's still up and down with the pintails. I wonder what that's all about. The pintails are kind of a unique bird because they breed and they migrate so far and they're so susceptible to dry conditions because they are a very shallow water bird. They love the emergent wetlands and... I could be saying stuff that's totally wrong right now. I'm just making this <laughs> just up as I go. Shit up. It is cool how those pintails uh, are. Uh, man, they are they just some crazy migrators, man. Like they'll band some of them things up in Alaska. They get shot down in Honduras and shit. That's crazy, dude. That's just nuts. How come we don't get any of the Bahama pintails coming up this way? I don't know. Um, but another ones are those blue winged teals too, man. Like. I've seen some GPS data on those things where they're just buzzing around the Caribbean all winter. For real. Yeah, yeah that's like yeah. Mexico, over to Cuba, check out South Florida for a bit, schlink right back down to Colombia. Yeah, I saw one report, and it was uh, nested in Alaska. 
And mo- mostly wintered in uh, Guyana, I believe. Guyana. But just for no particular reason that made sense, yeah, it just went on a Caribbean vacation. It was like in Cuba for a couple days, yeah. went to Jamaica, man. Dude, if I was to be a duck right now, I for sure would have to say, <laughs> I want to be a blue-winged seal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude. And, well, the, and, and you know what's weird, too? They were usually one of the last ones to arrive on the prairie, like Prairie Canada, to breed. And they're the first ones to leave. Yeah, so, like, I had a guy snapping me uh, just a couple weeks ago where he's in southern Louisiana, and he's got a big flock of blue wingers still hanging out. Really? Mm-hmm. Because they'll show up dead last. They'll show up, like, mid-June. Right the just get some. Yeah, they get up there. Get they, a quick pump in. They and bang. Yep. Spit out some eggs. Raise them real quick. And you know what's interesting? Get out of here. Dude, one thing is um, oh, I'm kind of curious learning more about when it comes to ducks is um, the drakes have their own migration. Because they don't participate in family um, yeah. family raising. So they'll come into a prairie area, bang, bang, do a bunch of rapes. And then <laughs> to escape prosecution, they'll go somewhere else for the summer, <laughs> you know? Like they go to the ideal spot for them, for a drake to be a lonely drake um, during the summer, like to molt. They don't care about the area where they were when they were. Oh, that's the one thing we're going to talk so about. Another also, one. another thing we've noticed is when we're hunting down in like Oklahoma, we do, the, do those guided hunts, and I've had guys say the same things to me about places in Kansas where they shoot like 90% drakes, and that happens to us in Oklahoma too. Like we're shooting, I mean, indiscriminately into any flock, whatever, and you're shooting 90% drakes all the time, which is great for the guys who book for trophy ducks. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know <laughs> for like Minnesota, we, you rarely shoot a drake pintail. I'll shoot I, hens. Yeah, yeah, I get hens, hens yeah. but... Drakes? I think that the... Rare. It'd be interesting to learn more, and I'm sure there's studies out there that exist that I haven't read, about like what happens to the family units after they um, after they, they um, molt and gain flight, and what's happening to these drakes? Because I feel like these areas down in Oklahoma where we're hunting, where we're getting 90% drakes, obviously that's like an area friendly to a stronger duck, a bigger duck, something that doesn't have kids in tow. And those mama ducks are not bringing the, bringing their yeah. families to Oklahoma. This area, we're probably shooting more adult male ducks. That's, Why? That's crazy. We'll have to look into that for now. Like, we strayed from our original. What was We the always stray. Th- well, I know, but what was the original topic? Wasn't it new rules? It was new stuff. That's, a new, <laughs> that's new things in Nick Jay's brain. <laughs> like, we're all over the place. Uh, well... We can wrap this one up. What's uh, any other new? Dude, there's tons of new, new stuff. stuff. There's so much new stuff coming out, man. How about products? Uh, what new products other than the mapping? I don't know, man. We got probably new. The new DOA full bodies are coming out soon, I think. Oh, uh, you get any good in- inside info on hardcore when you're out there? I'm not allowed to discuss hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did actually meet up with um. I did meet up with um, Marcus and Wyatt. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Got to meet those guys. Uh, um, I did get to see something top secret. Really? Yeah. That's badass. Ooh, and it was badass, man. Yeah. I, it, all I can say is that it's – I don't know what I can say. I don't think I could say anything, to be honest. <laughs> I've got a picture. Actually, I don't have a picture. Marcus, you didn't hear that? <laughs> I did not sneak a fucking photo in that garage. <laughs> I was That's texting so somebody funny. when I turned that way, and you heard click. <laughs> like, 
Uh, yeah. I'll show you when after All this right. is over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Super top secret. Um, no, lots of cool stuff going on in the waterfall world. I'm excited for this year. I'm always excited for for. It's just if you don't have optimism, you're not a waterfall hunter. You have to get kicked in the nuts every single day and <laughs> say tomorrow will be better. It's good. We got a cold front coming. I actually was just thinking today, actually. Uh, total random thought and i'm not even sure why it popped into my head about picking um um, like specifically looking for just migrator fields what about it Uh, just finding just doing some more research and finding um spots that i know birds are coming to and then finding a field in that flight path so similar to like where we hunted where you and i hunted last year where we had that good mix of of Mags and local birds. Definitely. Well, that spot, that water treatment plant, which draws most of those migrating birds, mm-hmm. um, I just in my mind, I'm trying to think of how the land lays out. It's like, are there is there a potentially a better field that's Dude, cutting the best, off? That's actually actually from the north cutting off that. The best spot treatment. you want to be for migrators is usually I like to say just an easy spot to hunt. Because what if they don't migrate that day? You don't want to work your ass off for yeah. nothing because you are going out there on a nothing. That spot's a good spot, but unfortunately, um, okay, here's something we. It's t- only good when he has the right crop in there. I can't believe we even got this. The um, land, uh, what is it? The Land and Water Conservation Fund. They're going to permanently fund this thing. Ooh. Yeah, this is big news, dude. It's nine hundred million dollars a fucking year. And uh, the Trump administration was completely against it. Matter of fact, they zeroed it out. Land Water Conservation Fund. And now, like, uh, yeah, they got they got like they got raked over the coals for that when they first. But now the senator from like uh, Colorado went out there and he was talking to Trump and uh, got him to do like a complete 180 on it. And it's uh, one billion dollars a year almost um, to like clearing the maintenance backlog on national parks. But they're going to have like hundreds of millions of dollars for acquiring land every year and opening it to public hunting. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. They said it's a the most. All right. This right here says it'll be the most significant conservation enacted by Congress in half a century. What, what was the title of that one? I just need that in my search. Landwater. Con- Landwater Conservation Fund. That's correct. Got it. Yep. And uh, right before this whole coronavirus thing sh- uh, popped off to Trump. Dropped a tweet about it, about how he's like, we're going to do this thing. And Congress, get it through. Get it on my desk. I'm going to sign it. Get it. And uh, there's another, I can't can't find the number right now, but man, the amount of dollars they're talking about just for getting new land and opening it to hunting is absolutely jaw-dropping. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a little bit of research on that. Google that. Google it. I got it. I'm I gonna, was reading about I'm it the other it day. And I was just like, that'd be a good weekend but I was hoping recap like, and rant. Yeah, the rant part. I'll I'll do a deep dive on that when I got some time. Yeah, I was worried that it was not going to get through because of the coronavirus. Like all oh, the focus kind of stopped mm-hmm. on it, and then they spent the whole they spent like Obama type money on us right there, giving <laughs> oh, us some checks and all that Obama money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I was like, man, I hope that thing goes through still. And it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it is. Huh. It's oh, back it's cool. back uh it's back on the hot seat. So that's gonna open up some so the future is bright for uh 
opportunities, hunting opportunities. Yeah, they're good. super freaked out because all those uh, – dude, we've been just seeing hunters drop and drop yep. and drop, hunter yep. participation. And they should be freaked out because that's what funds – Exactly. That's called the North, like the North American North American Conservation Funding structure or whatever is completely based off like an excise tax that they enacted in like the 1920s or 30s. The Roberts Pittman Act. The Roberts and Pittman Act. Exactly. So now all of a sudden these falling license sales, you get falling participation, you get falling gun sales. This all equals less money for DNRs, less yeah. money for conservation, less money for all that. So they're and that really is one of those. That is one of those tricky things. You find yourself in an argument with somebody who's like anti-gun, but they're you know uh, super tree hugger. The same. That that's a good one to really kind of. You better be buying a hunting license, even get, if you're not a hunter. Get, get them to kind of maybe start looking at it in a different perspective. Because, like, listen, if you could wave a magic wand and you could make it illegal to buy guns in this country, would you do it? And knee-jerk reaction they'll probably say yes until you bring up the robertson pittman act and they'll be like so how are you going to fund all this then yeah how are you going to fund all this good conservation work and it ain't coming from birders who go to the fucking yeah. national wildlife refuges yeah. and don't pay shit not coming from birkenstock sandals it's not coming from. actually here's another new thing before we totally wrap this up they're really starting to talk about should there be some sort of like hiking license? That's what I'm saying because the hikers don't pay for shit for they don't any pay of this. For dick, it's the hunters Camp. paying for everything. Everything. Yep. And I I don't know that they need a license, but I would be fine with. How about a like just ask them for a contribution? How about just adding a tax on on hiking and camping Wait. equipment, just like they do? Oh with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then 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 it's fine. I mean. I see what you mean, but it's like just, it's it's sort of user tax, you know, a user or user tax. fee, exactly. You know, so it's not like if you don't if you don't hike or you don't whatever, you're not going to pay it. It's you know, but yeah, why do mountain bikers and hikers and they all benefit from hunters and photographers? They just get to go. It's a free ride in a free. way. I sure you know. I've been to like a uh, um like a museum in New York City. They're all completely free to the public, but they ask you mm-hmm. for you know like hey. Will you give us $40 per person is what they said. I went sure, to like the yeah. Metro Museum and uh, Central Park or whatever. And I was like, absolutely not. But <laughs> <laughs> they did ask. And I, it made me almost. Absolutely not. It made me consider I didn't, it. But I was conflicted for a second. I know. I was like, ooh, I almost feel like a dick <laughs> for saying this almost. So we're just going to be walking right through this for free. Right. But, I mean, how many people would say yes? Or what I call suckers. I wouldn't have such. <laughs> I wouldn't have such a big problem with uh, them freeloading on the on the public lands on the backs of hunters and anglers. But the fact that they usually end up fighting us, um, yeah, you know, a little ide- bit ideologically, right. end up fighting us. That's where I have a problem with it. It's like you're really gonna badmouth all us redneck hunters and fishers, but then you're just gonna. Go ahead and enjoy the lands that we uh, provide you through our right. licensing and our taxes on our stuff. So, but they're not. So they need to start. They need to start paying their fair share. Dude, and imagine if they did start chipping in like that, how much more money would be mm-hmm. for conservation I, and research and bans? I, I was <laughs> in a um, a Facebook exchange with somebody, and I I think like if they do if they do like a hunting license or a or a, a hiking license, I mean, not a hunting license, like a hiking license. Mm-hmm. I do think that if you already have a fishing and or hunting license, that also gets you into those trails. Dude, because you know, that's a good hunt- point. Because I don't think hunters and fishers should have to pay more. I like We're that. already paying all of it. 
Yeah. So, like, to to access this trail or to access this part of the country, you need one of these things: a fishing license, a hunting license, or a call just call it a outdoor recreation license. I like that. An outdoor recreation type permitting structure that we don't have to pay because we're hunters. Well, we already pay it. Exactly. So <laughs> why should we have to pay even more? I agree. Like, we, we, we're, doing, we're doing our share. So. Let's take over a couple of refuges, you know, like those guys out west did. It worked out well. <laughs> there, there we go. The Bundys. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I want to pass. Yeah. I don't right. really want to get in a shootout with the feds. Uh, recreation of Ruby Ridge. Uh, I don't know how that worked out. Uh, for them. I think it worked out actually, good. Actually, it worked out pretty good for them. Did it? Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't think anybody's in jail anymore, are they? And I don't think they are. Anyways. Whatever. Let's wrap this one up. It's all right. Been all over the place. This one's been this one's been around more than a blue wing teal. No shit. Bada bing, bada boom. Strap all up, right. Bundy Crew. Later. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks everybody for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they are not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies keep it going around uh don't forget if you have a beard if you're thinking about growing a beard take care of that some bitch go to thebeardstruggle.com put in code fullscale15 at checkout save yourself 15 percent thank you again for listening whatever your passion especially if it's waterfowl pursue it full scale Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.